Today we continue reading out of Hebrews chapter 12, and today I will read verses 1 through 4. Please stand for the reading. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarded its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, during the month of July, we've had that great month of revival songs, and David has preached on this scripture text for the last five weeks, I guess, four weeks, whatever it's been. I guess it's been four weeks, because there are four R's. He probably did not call them the four R's, but I looked at it last night, and I'm going, that's the four R's, and that's how I'm going to remember them. He preached on remembering, remember the witnesses, remove any hindrances, respect the discipline, and reach for the goal. Now last week he also mentioned that you could write down 42 on a card and he, it was the 42 day challenge and he would pray for you every day. And I know you all do not participate a whole lot in the service, but I'm going to ask you, how many are still doing the 42 day challenge? Raise your hand. Oh dear, okay. <laughs> I will not let David know, and hopefully the cameras were not there. I'm sure he thinks everybody is doing it, but it's not too late to start. You can start now, okay? That's the great thing about faith. You can start where you are and start again. Um, this week, we're going to concentrate on the end of first verse. Let us run with perseverance. So how can we run the race of faith with perseverance? The Bible teaches us very clearly that life is a race. Did you all know you were on a race? Sure, say yes, shake your head, do not, yeah, thank you. There was at least a few yeses, that's good. You were on a race, it's, you know, you set the pace, or maybe God sets the pace, I'm not sure. But I meet so many people that don't think they have a purpose in life, and they really are just kind of strolling through life. They are not running a race with perseverance. I read the story about the Tasmanian, Tasmanian, not Tasmanian, Tasmanian marathon competitor in the 1968 Mexico City Olympics. He ran the marathon. 36, 26 point something miles. That's a really long race. And even on the best of days, that still takes a while to run. But unfortunately, this poor competitor fell and broke his leg. He, was, he stumbled, he was bloodied, he was bruised. 
had long after everybody else had finished and the stadium was almost empty, here came this man limping along and he's about ready to run his last lap to finish the race. And the stadium went crazy. There weren't that many people, but they gave him a standing ovation and they clapped all the way through until he finished the race. And they said, why didn't you just quit? And he said, you know, my country did not send me 7,000 miles to compete, to start the race and not finish it. Has God placed you on this earth to not finish the race? I don't think so. How are you doing on this faith race? Have you given up because life gets in the way or it gets too hard? Every year, for many years, I vowed that I would read the Bible through. So I would get out my Bible, and I would start reading. And I would read Genesis. Oh, aren't those stories wonderful? You have the story of how God created the earth. You have Noah's Ark, and you have Abraham, and you have all those great stories. And it's just such an easy read. And then Exodus, oh my goodness, I can just see everything in living color because I've seen the Ten Commandments, right? <laughs> haven't you? So you can see it, you know, and of course Moses looks like Charleston Heston, so, you know, that has to be a good story. And then I would come up to Leviticus, and I would try, and I would try again, and I think, okay, well, I'll save Leviticus for another day, and I'll go on to Numbers. And then again, I'd try, and I'd try. And I think, okay, well, not going to get through Numbers. And then I'd start Deuteronomy, and I'd go, oh, my goodness, what have I started? And I'd lay it aside, and I wouldn't finish. Well, you see, I think many of us are that way. We are so conditioned for instant gratification. We are not long-distance runners. We are sprinters. Every time that we want, that we are hungry, what do we do? We go get something out of the freezer and we pop it in the microwave and voila, you have dinner in five minutes. When I want to find something that I don't know, and it's so fun whenever I'm watching TV and Richard will ask me something, I'll go and find Google, and I'll look it up. And instantly, I have an answer. I'm hoping it's true, but hey, Google said it, it must be true. So I look it up, and then when we're watching TV, every problem is taken care of in one hour. How grand is life? And we do not think we have to persevere because everything is instant. But these musicians, these choir people know that if you want to be a good musician or a good vocalist, you have to practice daily. If you want to speak a foreign language, you can't just go once a month and speak it. If you want to speak it fluently to be able to go to a country, you have to do it every single day. And if you are Olympian, you have to practice for hours every single day. 
It's called perseverance, and I learned perseverance at a very young age. When I went to kindergarten, I just knew on the very first day I would learn how to read. Was I ever disappointed? I did not come back reading. I was so upset because the girl across the street who was in first grade could already read, and I wanted to be, be able to read like Lisa did, and I could not read. So I get to first grade, and I'm thinking, okay, now I'm going to really learn. Well, that first day, the teacher put me in the highest reading group, and then the next reading group, and then the lowest reading group. By then, I wanted to crawl under the chair because those words didn't mean anything to me. They were teaching phonics, and as a child, I'd had many, many ear infections. I couldn't hear the sounds. I couldn't distinguish the sounds, and later on in life, I have discovered I have a little bit of dyslexia, and so even if they did make the right sounds, they wouldn't have been in the right order. It would have been tack instead of cat, and you know, it's kind of challenging. But I had a very loving mom, and she persevered through teaching me how to read by sight words. She, every day she'd write down words, and we would go, we would have a stack of sight words like this. And as we waited for my older sisters to get out of school, we would go through sight words. As dinner simmered on the stove, we would go through my sight words. Before I went to bed, I'd go through my sight words. And somehow it clicked, but it was my first dipping my toe in perseverance. I love to read. I am so glad that I persevered to be able to read, but it wasn't easy. It took a lot of effort. And finally, in fourth grade, I was reading on grade level. So that was, that was a win, that was perseverance. Like so many things in life, true faith needs perseverance. When we look at our own spiritual lives, we may be attracted to those high points in our lives. Maybe you went to Emmaus, and it's so emotional and so fulfilling. Maybe you went to church camp, and at the tabernacle, you felt God tugging at your heart, and it was such a wonderful, joyful time. And, or maybe you went to some retreat, and it was so amazing. You could just feel God right there, and it was such a feeling of exhilaration. I hate to tell you, those feelings don't last forever. They're fleeting. And that's when perseverance takes its step into your life. The Bible is full of stories of people who persevered in their faith. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 11 talks about Abel and Enoch and Abraham and Moses and many of the judges and these heroes of the faith are our inspiration and how to keep going on when life gets tough. They hammer home the message that nothing the world can throw at us can get us down as long as we hold on to the faith. I remember sitting down on the couch and watching a sports program with my dad. Now, hopefully you all have, well, many of you I know know what this sports show was. Wide World of Sports. Remember that? And what was the tagline? The thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. 
Oh, I, you know, I watched that every week with him, and I probably didn't even watch all of the stuff, but I loved, I felt so sorry for that skier that is going down, and he just, he gets down the hill, but not on his skis. He is rolling and tumbling, and I'm going, oh my goodness, that had to be the most embarrassing life, life experience that he ever had, and I sure hope he didn't get hurt. But in Greek, we learn that perseverance is translated as the word agon, and it is the root word for agony. There's a connection between pain and perseverance. I remember the pain of feeling so embarrassed that I was in the lowest reading group because, look at me, I should have been in the first reading group whether I could read or not, right? Someone laughed, I'm sorry. <laughs> Without pain or problems, without tests and trials and even agony, there would be no need for perseverance. After all, the definition of perseverance is doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. American speed skater Dan Jansen is the perfect example of perseverance. He entered the 1984 Olympic Games with high hopes, and he was the high hope for America to get the gold medal. He content, um, yet he finished fourth in the 500-meter race. He continued training and again represented the country at the 1988 Games. But on the morning of his 500-meter race, which was his best race, he found out his sister died of leukemia. He tried to race anyway, but he fell. This time he had a chance because he had also qualified for the thousand meter race. But tragically, for an athlete with his talent and his ability and experience, he fell again. Then in 1992, he came back and again was a favorite to medal. Once again, he competed in the 500 and the 1,000, but only returned home with disappointment. This was so mind-boggling because in the meantime, he had set seven world records and won seven titles, world titles, but he could not get a gold. He could not win that race. He kept falling. He was obviously a premier race um, skater. And how many of us would have just given up? When he showed up in the 1994 Olympics, he was the overwhelming favorite to take the gold in the 500-meter race. But again, he fell. And in spite of getting back up, he finished eighth. Another disappointment. The 100-meter race was still ahead of him, and he had competed for seven medals and had not yet won one. Would he ever do it? Don't you know it was playing on his mind? Would you have the tenacity, would you have the perseverance to keep running, skating in a race that you have fallen in front of everybody in the world, in the stands, on TV, seven times. Also, 
The 500 was his best race. He had just qualified for the 1,000-meter race, and there were seven other skaters that were qualified with better times than he did. So here, Jansen got up, he blasted off the starting gate, and he was starting down the line, and he was leading the race, and he was at the midway point, and he was skating beautifully, and in fact, he was on a world record-setting pace, and as the skaters came, as came to the last turn, he slipped. But this time, he righted himself and got up and he made it to the finish line and set another world record and finally got the gold medal. Let us run with perseverance. Aren't those amazing words to live by? What if the Tanzanian marathon runner had given up when he fell and had not finished that race? What if Jansen had given up way at the beginning and said, I give up, I'm not good at, at this, I keep falling, I'm not going to do it? Well, I would suggest that he would not have the same attitude towards himself, and neither would we. We probably wouldn't remember him. He would just been another athlete that fell and did not make it. He had trained for 10 years before he won the Olympic medal. Too often we quit way too early in the game. Too often we conclude that we can't do it because we haven't done it yet. So in the race of faith, we are allowed many do-overs. Okay, back to that challenge 42, okay? If you were going to meditate for 10 minutes and you found yourself falling asleep, put it down for two minutes and maybe go up to four minutes later. Can't start with a, can't read the Hebrew Bible. It's just, it can be challenging. Start with the Gospels. Throw in a couple of Psalms with it. And what about intercessory prayer? You want, you say, okay, I will pray for people every day. And you're going, I don't know who to pray for. Each week in the Word, there is a list of people that have been in the hospital. They need your prayers. Their families need your prayers. Their friends need your prayers. Your family needs your prayers. That's who you can pray for. I want to run the race of faith and finish well. The amazing thing of the faith race is I don't run it by myself. The writer of Hebrews tells us that we have a great cloud of witnesses. I know in my great cloud of witnesses, I have a whole cheering section that comprises of my parents and my grandparents, my sister, my niece, my mentor, all who have finished their race and they finished it well. They are cheering me on as I go through all of these things and as I'm running down the straightaway, I know they're really cheering because I am really booking it down that track. And I know that they are clapping and cheering. You have cheerleaders too, as well, cheering you on and encouraging you to keep going, to persevere during those tough times. 
They cheer you on during the straightaways when you are really going fast and it's easy and they're still cheering you and going, yay, yay, and you can hear it. You can hear them cheering and you're at your top speed and you're going, oh, I can do this forever. And they don't stop cheering until you finish the race and break through the finish ribbon, that ribbon that is over the finish line. And our number one cheerleader is Christ, our perfecter of faith. Christ is there cheering us on, saying, you can do it, you can do it. You. And Christ has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. That is the good news we have, that we are never alone, that we can do it. When life seems like it is so tough, Christ is with us. Amen.